2: Yo, it's Keith Smith, Atlanta Falcons fullback, and you're listening to Pro Football Chase Podcast. This is Jamar Bushrod,
1: Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion. You're listening to the Pro Football Chase Podcast.
2: Hey, it's Jimmy Ward. You're listening to the Pro Football Chase Podcast.
1: Hey, what's up, guys? This is Package Wide Receiver Marquez Valdez Stanley. It's the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hello, this is Senator Nick Martin for the Houston Texans, and you're listening to Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, it's Willie Gay Jr.,
2: Chiefs linebacker, and you're listening to the Pro Football Chase Podcast.
3: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Keith Kirkwood, wide receiver number 19 for the Carolina Panthers, and you're uh, listening to the podcast of Pro Football
2: Chase. Hey, everyone. It's Chris Wormley here, Steelers defensive lineman, uh, and you guys are listening to the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, what's up? It's Browns linebacker, Jacob Phillips, and we're live
1: on the Chase Podcast. All
2: right, what's going on, y'all? This is Channel 7, number 39 for the Green Bay Packers,
0: and you're tuning in to Pro Football Chase. Let's go.
3: Good afternoon football fans. It's Isaac Signs on the Pro Football Chase podcast. Today I am joined by retired outside linebacker Arthur Motes. To discuss and preview week one slate of games now for you folks who are tuned in a quick bio blast on arthur he was a six-round pick in the 2010 nfl draft out of james madison went on to play a total of eight seasons with the bills and Steelers. had a stint with the cardinals so arthur my brother thanks again for
2: joining me how are you doing today man i'm doing well you know anytime i get the link up with you man it's a great day And then we got football finally here, so it only gets better, baby.
3: Yeah, you said it perfectly. I'm excited as well. I can't wait to get into these week one matchups. But before I get there, I got to give some love to BetUS. Week one is here, Thursday night football, and then Sunday, Monday, slate of games. How can you sign up on BetUS? You can go ahead and click on the link in my Instagram bio or swipe up on the BetUS highlight embedded on my page. For all those looking to place bets on NFL football, BetUS is the way to go. Now, since I've got that out of the way, Arthur, we're going to dive right into week one preview. Texans, Chiefs, you know, KC, the defending Super Bowl champs. The anticipation is real. Tell me your thoughts on this game.
2: Man, I think it's going to be an exciting game, man. Obviously, you think about all the names that are here, the new additions from a draft pick standpoint. But for me, man, I think it's a game that the Chiefs take care of business in, and I think they win handily. Uh, I think the um, the addition of Clyde edwards hillar is going to be just an amazing for that Chiefs offense. I think they haven't had a back like him since Kareem Hunt, and he's going to be a better version of that. So for me. Man, I got the Chiefs taking care of business to start it out, man.
3: Same here. I'm going to roll with the Chiefs. 37 31, man. I envision a big shout out, a big shootout going going down. Yeah, man. I get this sense. I get this sense, man, that these defenses are going to come out a little bit uncertain. No preseason. You got Uh Patty Mahomes on one side. You got Deshaun Watson, who, by the way, man, both of those guys, they got paid this offseason. Yes, indeed. (laughs) I'm excited to see these two battle it out. In Kansas City, I know they're going to have limited fans because of COVID, but that doesn't matter. The show's still going to go on. And as you mentioned, Arthur, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, that's a stud running back. I think he's going to fit in nicely with what Andy Reid and Eric Biennemi want to do. And I give Mm him a slight edge, man. I envision this being a high-scoring game. I just think that... Kansas City is going to be a little bit too overwhelming, and there's some questions about Houston's defense. I know that they have a little bit of uh, some movement on that D-line. Charles Amento, who's going to be starting in there, the second-year pro. And the secondary, though, I do question what Houston has to offer there. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs.
2: Yeah, so for me, man, I went Chiefs 28-17 because I do think that, man, with Patrick Mahomes, that offense – we know they score points in bunches. So even if they start out slow, like we saw them in the playoffs, we know in the second half or whenever they click, they are scoring two to three touchdowns rapid fire. So that's why I have that. I do think the Texans will struggle. I think early on, Deshaun Watson without DeAndre Hopkins is definitely going to fill that. And then also with Brandon Cooks, his status kind of being up in the air with the injury that he's dealing with as well. I just see it being a, a lot more challenging for them to move the ball and score like they would want to to keep up with the Chiefs.
3: Yeah, I would agree with you on that. And then, of course, Will Fuller, can he stay healthy? We know that he's a very talented wide receiver as well, Can he still? So that'll be a fun one to get things going on Thursday. We're going to now head into Sunday's matchup. The first one I got here listed on the document is the Eagles at the Washington Football Team. Now this hey. is this is an interesting match, <laughs> man. It's so weird saying Washington Football Team. Tell me about it. <laughs> but but it is what it is, man. It's an NFC East clash to open up Week One. Dwayne Haskins named the starter for the Washington Football Team taking on them Eagles. When you look at this matchup, Arthur, who are you gonna roll with on this one,
2: man? For this one, I gotta roll with Philadelphia. Now I understand they are very beat up on offense right now the offensive line they've had multiple players go down it's going to be interesting to see Jason Peters moving back out to left tackle as well but ultimately I just think the Eagles have a more complete team I think the addition of Darius Slay and Nikhil Roby Coleman on defense and the secondary in particular is going to be a huge boost for them so that's why I think that the Eagles take care of business against the Washington football team I think with Washington they still have some question marks in terms of the running back they go from they go from Adrian Peterson so now they're going to go with the running back by committee approach. It's just too many variables for them right now, along with them having a first-year uh, a first year head coach with Ron Rivera. So with me, man, I just don't see them being able to overcome all those obstacles to start the season out, and that's why I got it, the Eagles 24-13.
3: Not so fast, as Lee Corso says, my brother, I'm going with the football team. Give me the upset. I know that the Eagles, I know the Eagles, you made some very valid points. And I, in fact, I agree with you. But for some reason, man, you know that Washington, man, they've been through a gauntlet this offseason. I mean, you name it, bro. The whole Darius Sky situation, Ron Rivera coming out, saying he has cancer. And then Daniel Snyder, the allegations against him. It's been one thing after another, and I think this football team—they just want to get on the field and get a win for Ron Rivera. Put all this stuff behind them, at least for the time being. But here's why I'm picking Washington. I just feel like that front seven, man, by Chase Ooh, Young, Montez yeah. Sweat, Darom Payne, Jonathan mm-hmm. Allen, Ryan Kerrigan. I think they're going to get after that banged-up Philly offensive line. They're going to dictate the line of scrimmage on defense. And I think this game is going to be low-scoring. And in the end, Dwayne Haskins makes enough throws and hooks up with his boy Terry McLaurin for a game-winning touchdown. (laughs) Yes, sir. So give me the Washington football team 20-17 to over Philly.
2: I like it. (laughs) And look, man, you, you hit the nail on the head, too, about that Washington front. With Ryan Kerrigan, man, people forget all about him, but he is extremely talented. And when he is on and healthy, man, he's one of the best guys in the league in terms of rushing the passer.
3: I know he's kind of been the forgotten man because of uh, Chase Young and Montez Sweat and all these other guys, man. But that front seven, I think that's what's going to get them that win against Philadelphia. Time will tell. But let's go ahead and move on to another divisional clash, Arthur. Dolphins at Patriots. Cam Newton making that debut in New England. There's a lot of excitement over there in that Boston area. Tell me what's going to happen in this matchup.
2: Man, Dolphins versus Patriots, we know what's about to happen, man. Cam Newton, the return, we've all waited for it. We've all been excited about his debut. And with Bill Belichick, let's be real, we know he's already had a love affair for Cam since Cam had ate him up beforehand. Mm-hmm. So, man, I'm looking for him to have everything formulated perfect for Cam. Cam has been saying everything right then super humble since being up in new england and also having fun we haven't seen cam have fun in a while and i just think man when you're looking at the dolphins i know they named ryan fitzpatrick the starter but with that it's always going to be capped and we know that that dolphins team even though they made some big time additions this off season i just think man with a year like this year that is going to, those younger guys that the Dolphins acquired and some of the guys they brought in through free agency, it's going to take them a lot longer to get up to speed. So for me, that's why I got the Patriots winning. And I think they win by 10 points, man. I got them winning 20 to 10, honestly, man. I think it's going to be a great situation for Cam Newton. I look for him to be excited and just kind of giving us that old Superman feeling back.
3: Man, you hit the nail on the head. We share the same score here. In fact, just 10 points above you. It's a 10-point game. I have the Patriots winning, but 27-17 to 17 over I like the it. Dolphins. And I, I agree, man. Cam Newton, I think he's really going to come out and prove the doubters wrong. I really am excited to see him take the field. And let me tell you one player, Arthur, that not a lot of people are talking about, and especially in fantasy football. This is a dude that I want to snag up if he's available. I have a fantasy draft tonight, FYI. Wish me luck. But <laughs> uh, but Nikhil Harry, man, he's a first-round pick last year. He dealt with injury, and I always like to go back to Cam Newton in Carolina when he had Kelvin Benjamin in that connection with a big-bodied uh-huh. wide receiver. Nikhil Harry offers that same type of catching radius. I think him and Cam are going to hit it off big time. And I think New England don't sleep on that defense. They're full of youngsters, Kyle Dugar, and they got Chase Winovich coming off the edge, and, of course, Stephon Gilmore the best corner in the game so I think New
2: England takes care of business by 10 I like that man I like that a lot and trust me man Gilmore. And when you talk about Stefan Gilmore, make sure you say reigning defensive player yeah, of the year, baby. Yes sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Man, that guy put together a
3: stellar season. I look forward to seeing him play again. But on to the next matchup here, Packers at the Vikings. This is going to be a good one, man. I think for me, Arthur, I'm going to give you my pick first. I'm going to take Minnesota by three. <clears throat> 24-21 <laughs> game winning field goal hit by Dan the man Bailey and I like <laughs> I like Minnesota man that defense now Daniel Hunter though, he may not be available, but Yannick and if he can come in Huge addition. and provide some edge rush on Aaron Rodgers, and of course, that defense is loaded with uh, Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr, and then he gets to that safety group with Anthony Harris and Harrison Smith, so I think they take care of business at home.
2: Yeah, man, the Vikings on, a defensive, on the defense side of the ball is loaded, and like you said, when, De- when Hunter comes back, oh man, they're only going to get better, but for me, I think, this is the where we differ, man. With the Packers, I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers. I'm looking at how efficient he was last year. And ultimately, he has his same core group coming back with Aaron Jones and obviously Devontae Adams. That's going to be what it is. They are productive. They are consistent. You look at uh, Aaron Rodgers' touchdown to interception ratio last year, st- still threw over 4,000 passing yards. I mean, he was he, – he, this is, for me, one of the better seasons I've seen from him. It just wasn't as gaudy or as spectacular as we're accustomed to seeing when it comes to Aaron But you talk about efficiency. That's what he brought to the table. And I think he's still going to be able to do that. But the thing that makes me pick the Packers is the Smith brothers, man. Between Mm -hmm. Preston Smith and Zedarius Smith, they get after the quarterback. And Zedarius has the best sack celebrations in the league. (laughs) So for me, man, I'm a big fan of that. Obviously, Mike Patton has done a phenomenal job of getting that defense up to snuff and being formidable compared to how it was prior to where it was Aaron Rodgers and whoever you want to throw out there on defense, now they have a defense to match that offense. And I just think they're the more complete team, so that's why I have the Packers getting the win. But I do have it as a tight game. I have it 21-17. Game-winning drive by Aaron Rodgers, man. A.A. Ron showing everybody he's a
0: bad (laughs) man. All
3: right, man. I I see you. I see you. I respect that. That's actually going to be a really, really big-time matchup in week number one. Look forward to seeing how that one unfolds. Next one. Now, this one could be a little bit of a snoozer based on one of these teams and the type offseason they've had the Colts at the Jaguars who oh, seem no. to be tanking man I don't know what's going on over there in Jacksonville but they're a fielding a team out there Minshew mania baby yeah.
2: take it for
3: they're doing something man I don't know what they got going on but they're taking on the Colts man who guess what they got the old slinger Phillip Rivers in town in Indianapolis I'm excited to see what he could do who are you gonna take in this matchup
2: Man, so this is a tough, tough one to pick, man, because obviously the Jaguars, they are getting rid of a ton of assets. But with the Colts, I do feel like they have a complete team. My question mark, though, is Phillip Rivers. What is he going to look like? Is he going to look like Phillip Rivers from last season or Phillip Rivers from two seasons prior where he was a lot better, a lot more effective and efficient? I'm anticipating him getting onto to a slow start. I just am, but I do think that the running game is going to be huge for them. And also, I think, man, from a defensive standpoint, The Jags aren't going to be able to move the ball consistently against that defense that's led by Darius Leonard. I just don't think they have enough weapons. So for me, I have it as a low-scoring game, but I have the Colts winning 14-10. to
3: Yeah, I'm very similar. I'm going to take the Colts here, and that's a big question mark. Phillip Rivers, what's he going to look like? But do not forget the huge addition that Indianapolis had with the Forrest Buckner to go into that D oh, line yeah. and, and oh, disrupt yeah. some things. So I'd like Indianapolis to win this one 17-10 over the Jacksonville Jaguars and look for Indianapolis to use that ground-and-pound offensive attack with Mac and Jonathan Taylor, the rookie running mm-hmm. back. But now on to the Bears at the Lions. Mitchell Trubisky was named the starter. Does he get the job done, Arthur?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Still to this day, man, I I just don't think if there's a different coaching staff, if it wasn't the staff that brought in Trubisky, I just think that they pick a different quarterback. I think they would have went with Foles. That's how I feel about it, man. Yeah. (laughs) but when I look at this matchup man Bears versus Lions obviously uh, Stafford is coming back from injury from last year I do think that he's going to be really good but I think that as a whole that Lions team just doesn't have the personnel right now whereas we know with the Bears from a defensive standpoint man they got better when we see the addition of Robert Quinn opposite of Khalil Mack that's scary man and then obviously their secondary is really good you got young stars obviously Eddie Jackson's out there so for me man I think the Bears get the job done. It's going to be one of those. It's going to be almost like 2018 when we're thinking of the Bears, though. Trubisky does just enough, doesn't turn the ball over, and the defense ultimately closes it out. I have a 17-10 for the Bears, and it's going to be heavy, heavy Bears defense getting the job done.
3: Man, I am rolling with my man, Pencil Patricia, in this one, man. Oh, no, that's Pencil I, guy. No yeah. Pencil Patricia, bro, he, he has some fire underneath his seat this season because if he on, does man. not win enough games, him and his buddy Bob Quinn, the GM, they're going to be fired, bro. And I think that Detroit, they're going to come up there at home. I know there's probably not going to be fans. I'm not sure what their case is. But I just have a sense that Matthew Stafford is coming back fully healthy from that back injury, and I totally agree with you on that Bears defense. I mean, that is a daunting front. Matt Quinn, and then you got Hicks in the middle, and then Fuller Mm -hmm. and Eddie Jackson in the back end. So, I see that, and I do think it's going to be a defensive struggle, but just because, man, I don't know if Mitchell Trubisky is going to be able to really provide efficient offense for Chicago in week number one, and I'm going to take Stafford over Trubisky, and I think after two or three quarters of grinding it out, I feel like Detroit will be able to break through and score. So I have Detroit winning this one 26-17 to over the Bears.
2: Man, listen. A guy that carries a pencil With a laminated play sheet, you cannot trust him, all right? What is he writing on? That's all I want to know. What is he writing on? Until we figure that out, I cannot pick them, man. I can't can't do it.
3: I know, man. It is pretty corny. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what he's got. Get
2: a dry erase marker. Get a Sharpie. Get anything other than a pencil. You can't write on laminated paper with pencil. It doesn't work. (laughs) It's the look, man. He wants to make sure he
3: looks good with that pencil on his ear, bro. That's what it's about. It's a fashion statement. (laughs) But we're going to go ahead and move on here to the Raiders at the Panthers. And we get to see Teddy Bridgewater, who is the starter for Carolina. And Matt Rule makes his NFL head coaching debut against the Raiders. And and John Gruden, who are you going to take here?
2: Man, I'm I'm going with Vegas right here, man, because when we're talking about first year head coaches, it's a reason why they get to come in early doing OTAs. It's a reason why they get to come in early for training camp, because it's hard to implement your philosophy. It's hard to change the culture in year one. This year, they didn't even get that. They came in the exact same time as everyone else. So I anticipate them being behind everyone else at least by a couple of weeks because they had to spend so much time just teaching and, and getting guys to buy into their new culture. When I think of the Raiders, man, I look at John Gruden and I say, man, we know he's had success in the past. But since he's come back, he hasn't lived up to that contract just yet. So for me, I think this is the year where he's going to feel pressure on him. First year in Vegas. And he knows that, hey, he has to start getting some nice wins and getting a playoff appearance in here somehow, some way. And I think it starts with this game right here against the Panthers. So that's why, for me, I'm thinking a big dosage of uh, Josh Jacobs, man. You know what he can do on the ground. Mm-hmm. And and on defense, the return of the young safety, um, uh, Jonathan Abrams. I think that, man, him being back changes how that Raiders defense plays, and they get the job done on the road, 21-14. to 14.
3: Yeah, I'm going to take Vegas in this one, too. 28-24, Derek Carr, this is a big year for him, man, because I think there's a lot of critics out there that don't believe – he is capable of being the long-term starter in Vegas, and I think he's out to prove people wrong, and it's going to be interesting because he's going to be rolling out with two rookie-wide receivers with Henry Ruggs the third and Brian Edwards due to that injury to Tyrell Williams, who's out for the year with that torn labrum, so I'm excited to see what that type of offense is going to look like for uh, John Gruden and the Raiders, and I think in the end I think that learning curve for Rule the Panthers, they're a younger squad they have a lot of young players out there and I think that may cost them a little bit in week one so I'm gonna take the Raiders to win this game over Carolina now I do think Christian McCaffrey will have some success just because he's a stud but uh I don't think it'll be enough so give me the Vegas Raiders in this one and now we're gonna cozy on now to the next one this is the Jets and the Bills it's the Uh-oh, battle of New York go. Sam Darnold, Josh
2: Allen who are you gonna take in this one First off, don't you disrespect Buffalo like that, saying it's the battle for New York. There is only one team that plays in New York, and that is the Buffalo Bills. Hold it right. up, Arthur. So, <laughs> so, so the Jets and the Giants, they are the New Jersey Jets and Giants, as far as I'm concerned, okay? Ooh, but, man, when we talking about the Bills, heat. come on, man. You know me, man. Listen, I got a love for Buffalo, man. Obviously, I started my career there. But when you look at what Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have been able to do up there, they found their quarterback in Josh Allen, who came off a great second year where he led this team 10 plus wins, <clears throat> lost in overtime to the Texans. Still some questionable calls in there. Otherwise, I think they get the job done on the road. But ultimately, man, when you look at the Bills on offense and defense, they got better. I mean, you look at the, the addition of Stephon Diggs, that is huge. That is huge. I'm expecting big news from Devin Singletary, but also they are. Oh man, I'm Jonah Blake on the uh, running back they drafted. Exactly. He's a. Yeah, Zach Moss, absolutely. So when you think about him, he is a younger and better version of Frank Gore. So and when you're looking at all those things, along with the pieces on defense, A.J. Epinesa, they have a ton of talent. They just paid Tradavius White, so he doesn't have to worry about the contract. He can just go out there and play now. Stephon Diggs, alongside John Brown, who just came off a 1,000-yard season, I just think they have too much for the Jets, who, number one, the Jets lost Jamal Adams through trade. Number two, C.J. Mosley isn't playing this year. It's question marks around Le'Veon Bell and Adam Gase in terms of their relationship. I just think the Jets have too much going on from a, a, a internal standpoint with Gates I don't think the players are bought into him. And ultimately, I think the Bills get the job done, man. I have them winning 21-17. I, for me, I think it's a lot closer in week one just because of the lack of the full all season, the lack of the Mm -hmm. preseason. So these guys didn't get a chance to get going. And we know traditionally it takes longer for offenses to get up to speed, whereas defenses, man, they go out there and they're able to play a lot faster sooner. So that's why for me, I think it's going to be a little bit closer than what it would traditionally be in a normal year.
3: I'm rolling with the Bills too man this is a team that does not get the respect they deserve I agree with that and I'm I'm really intrigued with Josh Allen I want to see how he responds how he bounces back he did a nice job last season and I think the Bills you got to give him credit they've done a lot of work in getting him weapons of course acquiring Stephon Diggs in that big time trade and then that running back duo of Zach Moss and Devin Singletary on the outside Dawson Knox at tight end I think he has immense potential and this defense i know they did lose star low too lately due to the COVID 19 opt-out but ed oliver is still there they still have that secondary tredavious white Tremaine, is still there yeah. let's
2: go man and, and they're, they're
3: loaded <laughs> and i think they're gonna come out and they're gonna smash the jets in the mouth because they're a physical team the jets i'm still not sold on gase man i don't know <laughs> why he was hired i don't know why they brought him
2: in they but- like his eyes <laughs> that press conference
3: man man, that was an odd (laughs) sight is all i'm gonna say but this bills team i look for them to just out hustle this jets team they're gonna come out they're gonna dominate in the trenches i think buffalo takes it 27 to 13 with that defense dominating the jets so that's another one now we're gonna get into a juicy matchup arthur in the afc north the browns and the Ravens, this is one that's highly anticipated by many. Baker Mayfield, is he going to be able to bounce back? And then, of course, Lamar Jackson, the reigning MVP. Who are you going to take to win this game?
2: Now, this is a matchup that I'm really excited to see. When you look at the Browns on offense, they are loaded. I mean, <laughs> they they improved their offensive line. Obviously, they they drafted extremely well but baker is the quote unquote question mark or missing leak right now a weak link however you want to uh, phrase it defensively they they have a ton of talent they got better obviously them losing grant delpit is definitely going to hurt them and it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how they accommodate the loss of him but ultimately man they played the ravens tough every single time. We remember last year how tough they played the Ravens, and then the year before that, they beat the Ravens in Baltimore. So when I think of all those things, that's the only reason why I think this is very intriguing. But with Baltimore, I just still think they are too talented, man. I think the addition of J.K. Dobbins, you pair him up with Mark Ingram as a one-two punch, that's going to be, I mean, it's going to be very, very productive. And then that doesn't even account for what Lamar Jackson is able to do with his legs and his arm. And then defensively, man, the biggest question mark is gonna be, all right, how does uh how does uh was it Chuck uh Chuck Clark?
3: Yeah. How he Yeah, perform? Chuck Clark.
2: Yeah, how does he perform and then uh Deshaun Elliott, how's he gonna perform? Because no Earl Thomas, you have to lean on two younger players, two guys who don't have the same draft pedigree as a Earl Thomas also. So I think that's the only concern I have. But ultimately I think the Ravens get it done. I have it as a close game, twenty eight, uh twenty one, honestly.
3: Yeah, I have the Ravens winning 23 17 as well. And there's one defensive acquisition, in fact, two of them to the Baltimore Ravens that are going to pay big time dividends in my eyes. And of course, one, Calais Campbell on that D line. Mm-hmm. And then how about Derek Wolf coming from Denver? That's another big time physical end that can come in and play for Wink. Martindale in that unit, Marlon Humphrey. I mean, that dude's a lockdown corner. Marcus Peters, Jimmy Smith, they are absolutely loaded in every position group of that football team. And and I do agree, it is intriguing because the Browns, man, I mean, you look at them on paper and you would say that's a Super Bowl contender. Now, the question is, is Baker Mayfield, how is he going to be able to progress? We know Kevin Stefanski's there. I'm interested to see how this offense is going to look. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, man, that's quite the backfield as well for Cleveland, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. So I do think there's going to be some fireworks in this game, but Baltimore, they just, not only do they have the talent, but John Harbaugh makes the difference. It's the coaching and the discipline that Baltimore plays with that I think will end up giving them the win.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely glad that you brought up the coach alpha, the, uh, element of it. Obviously, with Stefanski, it's his first year, and it's going to be similar to what we talked about with some of these other first-year head coaches or first-year coaches in a new city, a new team. It's difficult to do in an offseason like this, but you hit the nail on the head with Derek Wolf. I mean, he was on pace to have a record-breaking year for himself before he got injured last year. He is a very, very productive player, and when you're pairing him alongside Calais Campbell – man, that is going to be a scary interior right there.
3: Yeah, and Brandon Williams, that nose tackle Absolutely, too. man. So they're going to have a lot of beef in the trenches, and I look forward to seeing how Baltimore is going to come out in
2: week one. Now to the battle. And, oh, and I was going to say too, Isaac, because I'm a good guy here. Uh-huh. All right, I'm a good guy. They just had a, 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 a new breaking news that Daniel Hunter is going to be on injury reserve right now. So I know that that was a part of the reason why you were liking the Vikings and everything. But if you wanted to change your pick, so you on the right side of this thing, now's your opportunity.
3: I'm just gonna say, I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say one word to you, Arthur, in response to that news: Skull Vikings, man. I'm still rolling with them. Still rolling with them Vikings, bro. I like it. <laughs> that don't change a thing. Dalvin Cook, he's my boy. Skull, <laughs> Skull baby. They're going to take that one either way. Daniel Hunter, he's gone for the first three weeks, but it's okay. Yannick is going to be going after Aaron Rodgers. Man, I ain't flip flopping. I'm not a part of that business. So, so, as I was saying, getting into the Battle of the Birds, Arthur Seahawks Falcons. This is going to be another good matchup. Matty Ice, Russell Wilson. Who wins this one?
2: Man, this is going to be one of those nail-biting games, traditional Seahawks-style games, man, where it's a close back-and-forth game throughout the whole time. We know with Matt Ryan, man, he's super consistent. He's one of those guys, he's never going to be a top-five guy, but he's always going to be a top-ten in the conversation. You just know what he is. and. When you look at the receivers they have down there, obviously Julio was still trying to show the world that he's the number one guy, regardless of the other guys in his division that are trying to close that gap. So, man, for me, I'm excited about the Falcons in that regard. But the reason why I'm going to go with the Seahawks is Russell Wilson. How many times have we seen this guy with less weapons than he has now find a way to get the job done? Now you add back DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. They just re-signed Josh Gordon chris carson i'm a big fan of what he's been able to do for me i just think that those are those are very formidable weapons that russell hasn't had in a while and ultimately man i think that that's going to be the biggest thing for me in terms of why the seahawks can get it done and then not to mention the addition of jamal adams yep they haven't had a safety like that since earl thomas was in his you know prime or two or three years before he left out of Seattle, man. So, with me, man, seeing Jamal Adams coming in there young, super hungry, his first time on a legitimate contender, I think his impact is going to be felt in a big way very soon.
3: And he's paired with Quandre Diggs who's another Mm -hmm. talented safety back who Seattle acquired also before last year's trade deadline from the Detroit Lions and Pencil (laughs) Patricia. But now talking about this matchup, man, I completely agree. The Seahawks, this is a team that really pride themselves on that rushing attack. And Chris Carson, right now they also are going to hit you with Carlos Hyde. Who was a Mm -hmm. thousand yard rusher last year for the Houston Texans? So that is going to be, I think, the difference in this game. Atlanta, their defensive front, they've been weak for the last couple of years. I know they got Grady Jarrett there, who's an all pro. He's a fantastic player, but they are built on finesse, Arthur. When you look at that linebacking unit for Atlanta, you got Deion Jones, who's a little bit of a a smaller frame linebacker. I think Seattle's offensive line, led by Dwayne Brown at left tackle, they're going to be able to pummel them in the ground game control the time of possession. And then, of course, when it comes to Matt Ryan versus Russell Wilson, I'm going to take Russell Wilson and make the big-time play. Yeah, Smart So give move. me Seattle, man. <laughs> 31-24. I do think it's going to be a close game.
2: I like it, man. And so for me, like I said, 24-21, Seahawks get the job done. True Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson fashion, they're either tied or losing, and he <laughs> yeah. finds a way to get the job done like he always does.
3: Yes, man. Russell Wilson's incredible, but now we get to go to Joe Burrow making
2: that Ooh. NFL
3: debut, taking on a talented LA Chargers squad that, man, I was bummed that lost Derwin James for the season. Tell me about so it. So that oh. really sucked, man. But this matchup, when you look at it, Joe Burrow and you look at Tyrod Taylor, who's going to be the starter to start the year who are you going to roll with
2: man this is going to be one of those low scoring games it's going to be ugly at times but at the end of the day man i think the Chargers get the job done on the road i just think man with joe burrow this man his first nfl action being against joey bosa and uh was it melvin ingram out there yo yep. man when you think about those two guys those are our premier edge rushers They are going to create massive havoc. And we know the Bengals' offensive line hasn't been the best. So when I think of all those things, man, I just think to myself, knowing Tyrod, who's been in the NFL before, he's had success before, he's led a team to the playoffs before. He is just your, your quintessential game manager. He's never going to lose you a game, and he's not going to do anything that's going to wow you and make you think that he's this elite guy. But he's super consistent. And when you factor that in with Anthony Lane, Anthony who I think is a really good coach as well, it just seems that they're going to have the pieces and they're going to understand the way with all to win one of these closed games. Now, the loss of Derwin James, they are going to feel. But I think they're going to feel it more as the season goes on versus this opening game. And for the Bengals, man, outside of Joe Mixon, I just, don't, I, I, and understandably A.J. Green and T. Higgins is there as well. But I just think in this opening game, it's not going to click the way that they are anticipating it clicking. And then defensively, they still have question marks over there in a major way. So for me, I got the Chargers getting it done, but it's very, very close, man. I have it as a 14-13 game.
3: Yeah, I got the Chargers winning this one 23-14, and – One reason is, and you brought it up, I'm glad you did... But Chris Harris, the addition of Chris Harris Mm -hmm. to that secondary Mm -hmm. with Casey Hayward on the other side, I think that is going to be huge, and it's going to be difficult. And then let's not let's not even mention Desmond King, that nickel Mm -hmm. corner who's also super underrated. You have those three guys in the secondary. You got Bose off one end, Ingram on the other, and then they also signed Linville Joseph from Minnesota to shore up that that interior of that line. I think the defense is going to dominate, and that. Bengals O-line man they're gonna have a test to begin that season because if they did not patch up them holes from last season Joe Burrow is gonna be running for his life all game long and I think that's why man this Chargers team's gonna get after on the defensive end and Tyrod Taylor and and look for Austin Eckler to have himself a nice game as well who was a breakout star last year got that extension over the offseason so
2: give me the Chargers Absolutely. I love it, man. Also, we got to remember, too, man, the Chargers, from an offensive standpoint, they just have more weapons also, man. I think that those guys... Are more prepared, they're ready to go. And they don't have the question marks. When you think about a guy like AJ Green, it's always the concern of health with him. Mm -hmm. We understand Joe Mixon, he he's very, very consistent. We know what he is, but a guy like T. Higgins, how long is it gonna take for him to get up to speed? When is Tyler Boyd? Is Tyler Boyd gonna be able to show that he could potentially be a number one, or is he just a really good number two? So when I think of those guys compared to the Chargers, the Chargers don't have those same type of questions. Those guys in, in L.A., they know exactly who they are. From a league standpoint, we know who they are. Mm-hmm. And I just think early on in the season, man, the guys that have already proven stuff, they're going to be able to come out and hit the ground running.
3: Yeah, and that goes with Hunter Henry, the tight end for L.A. He's already mm-hmm. established. And, and then, of course, for the Bengals, John Ross,
0: you don't know if he's. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time.
3: going to stay healthy either he's got speed but he has not been (laughs) able to stay healthy yeah
2: absolutely man between John Ross and AJ Green man they both have dealt with a ton of injuries throughout the past couple of years
3: yes sir now on to the mid-afternoon slate the Cardinals at the 49ers we got Kyler Murray and then DeAndre Hopkins making his debut for Arizona, going up against that daunting Niners defense. I can't wait to watch this one, Arthur. Uh, for me, I'll go ahead and give you my pick first. I got San Francisco winning this one, but it's going to be close, 27-20. to 20. The reason why I'm giving that edge to San Francisco is because of that front that San Francisco boasts with. Bosa, the other Bosa, and we yeah. and then we got we got our boy Eric Armstead who's there. They drafted the big time DT out of South Carolina. Then you also got their linebacking core Fred Warner there. You got uh, the secondary led by Richard Sherman, Quan Alexander. I think that unit is going to end up giving San Francisco the victory. Of course, Jimmy Garoppolo and Raheem Mostert back there, and and they traded Matt Breida, but they got. Jarek McKinnon coming back, who's healthy. And Debo Samuel, we see he's available week one. But I just think that San Francisco, they're going to come out with an edge after that Super Bowl loss. Kyle Shanahan's going to scheme up some offensive dynamics and keep Arizona off balance. But I do think it's going to be an exciting one to watch. But the Niners, 27-20.
2: Man, I like that. I'm actually excited about this matchup as well. When you talk about the Niners, they coming off of a Super Bowl loss. So you know they're going to want to prove something, man, early and often. And they took care of guys like George Kittle this offseason, Raheem Mercer. They they made sure that they got those guys paid. And then the addition of Trent Williams, I mean, let's be real. Since he's been in the league, he's been one of the top tackles, one of the premier left tackles in this league. And now that he's out there, man – that's only going to bolster that running game and also going to give Garoppolo more time. Now, I understand that the, the 49ers are kind of beat up with the receivers and stuff like that. I mean, I felt like at one point they were signing a receiver every day. Yeah, like. they were. <laughs> <laughs> but, but ultimately, man, when I think of the Niners, Jimmy G... Right now, man, we're, we're trying to see what is he? Is he a superstar quarterback or is he just a really good quarterback? But either way, man, him having the safety blanket of, of George Kittle, I think is going to be the yep. X factor in this game. Now, the Cardinals, I'm excited about the Cardinals, man. What Kyler Murray was able to do last year was good. But now you're giving him DeAndre Hopkins, a legit bona fide weapon that he could just throw the ball up there to. Man, that is scary, scary, along with King and Drake. So, offensively, I definitely think the Cardinals are going to be able to to present some challenges for the Niners. And we have to remember last year, the Cardinals did play the Niners tough. Yeah, they They did. They played them extremely tough. You have Buda Baker in the secondary who's going to be matched up with George Kittle. Absolutely, man. Pat P, you know what he is. Isaiah Simmons, big time fan of him. And Chandler Jones, the most underrated 19-sack guy getting Mm -hmm. in the NFL, man. But ultimately, man, I think the Niners—they have just enough to get it done. I think offensively and defensively, they're just more complete. So I got the Niners winning twenty-four to twenty.
3: Now I gotta, I gotta ask you this, Arthur, just because you played in the league, you were on that D line, and you know that the Niners with Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw, his name came to me the first round pick. There it is. Both of them, <laughs> both of them dudes are like six eight. You think that, that Robert Sala crazy. is gonna gonna rush them up and get them hands up? Cause Kyler Murray, man, that guy is awfully small. So I'm wondering if that's going to be a part of the game plan of flustering a little bit.
2: Yeah, man, that's definitely going to be it, man. You got to get pressure on him. You have to make sure he can't step up in the pocket either. We know with Kyler Murray, when he's trying to escape, he throws really well on the run. He's able to change his release point at ease. But keeping him in the pocket and not allowing him to step up and making his height be used against him, Man, if the 49ers do that, which I definitely think they will because they're so complete across the front four, that's what's gonna ultimately be the biggest issue for Kyle Murray in that Cardinals offense.
3: And then he's gonna have he's gonna have Bosa and D Ford coming off the edge
2: too. Shh. Good luck. We know what Bosa is. Come on now. That guy has a star written all over him.
3: Yeah, that's going to be a fun one to watch. But now we get to, man, I just feel like there's so many good week one matchups. And we got the one that feels like everybody's been talking about since Tom Brady went to Tampa, the Bucks and the Saints everybody's been chattering who's gonna win the nfc south and the Bucs and the saints finally get to square off and we get to settle this right from the jump so you know tampa bay is rolling you know drew Brees is coming back maybe this could be his last year we don't know yet so in the battle of the veteran quarterbacks arthur who are you gonna take to win this one
2: it's simple when you look at the 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 Saints offense versus the Bucks offense. The Saints question mark on offense is what at quarterback right now is Drew Brees still gonna be Drew Brees? He's old, man. Drew Brees still was one of the best in the league in terms of his uh passing completion percentages, like he always has been these past couple of years, especially. You look at Kamara. They're getting a deal done for him. He's going to be happy. He's good. You've got Mike Thomas, who to me is the number one receiver in the NFL right now. And that offensive line for the Saints is really, really good. They have some studs over there. Mm-hmm. But then when I look at Tampa Bay, even though they drafted well, they still have some question marks on the offensive line. Now, I do think Brady is going to be able to make up for some of their inefficiencies because of his quick release and things like that. But ultimately, I do think it's going to be a, a lot harder than what people are expecting for him. I think Leonard Fournette is going to take him some time to get up to speed as well. So that's why for me, I'm leaning with the Saints and I'm going with them 27-24. I definitely think that the impact of Gronk is going to be felt and it's going to be real reminiscent of what he would do when he was in New England and when he was healthy. It's going to be it's going to be signs of that. But I just think week one, the Saints have so much continuity on offense and defense. They have a great coach in Sean Payton. When I think of all those variables, that's the reason why I'm leaning with them in a very tight matchup, especially early in the season. Yeah, I'm actually going to
3: go with the Saints, too. And and here's why. Here's another development that Tampa Bay is a little concerned about. Mike Evans popped up on the injury report today with a hamstring injury. Did not practice. Bruce Arians told the media that he's day-to-day, so his status for Sunday is very much uncertain. So, if Tampa is without Mike Evans, and they're going to have to, of course, go to Godwin, who, by the way, is an emerging star... And Marshawn Lattimore, though, is waiting for him in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And that dude can lock down uh, other opposing wide receivers. But I have to agree. I think there's a lot of moving pieces, obviously, in Tampa Bay. Tom Brady's there. And, of course, Leonard Fournette. Ronald Jones is going to be the back back there. O.J. Howard, Rob Gronkowski. So I do agree with you. I think that the Buccaneers, they're going to have some wrinkles to iron out as opposed to the Saints. They're already established. They have that rhythm. They have the chemistry. They kept their, their coaching staff intact Sean Payton still running things over there but I I think the Saints honestly Arthur they're sick and tired of hearing all the buzz about Tampa Bay mm-hmm. and Tom Brady and I think they're going to want to come out week one shut up all the people who have listed the Buccaneers as the favorites out of that NFC South and they win it in a close game 27
2: to 23. Absolutely now my question to you is this man We've heard Bruce Arians talk about Ronald Jones going to be the back over Leonard Finette over Shady McCoy. Are you buying that? Absolutely so, not. I am not. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like Bruce. Who are you lying to, man? You're not lying to me. You're lying to yourself, baby. You're i mean lying to yourself. I mean, you don't, you don't get Leonard Fournette to have him back up Ronald Jones. I'm sorry. No disrespect to Ronald Jones. But let's be real, it's Leonard Fournette, and Leonard Fournette is coming off a career year, 1700 yards of scrimmage, 70-plus receptions, come on, man. I don't want to hear it, Bruce. I don't want to
3: hear it. I wouldn't bro, I'm sure that's exactly what Arians used as his pitch to Leonard Fournette was the fact that you will be our Bell Cow (laughs) running back. There's no way on this earth that Arians told Fournette, Oh, by the way, you're gonna be number two to Ronald Jones, but we still want you to come. Yeah, I doubt that. (laughs) But, you know, man, Bruce man. loves to play the media, it seems like, man. so
2: Absolutely.
3: <laughs> but anyways, now, nah, hey, bro, guess what? We made it to the primetime game Sunday Uh-oh. night. You know I'm fired up about this one. Cowboys <laughs> at the Rams. They're in the new SoFi Stadium, and it's a shame that there's not going to be any fans there. Uh, but nonetheless, we get the showdown. Sean McVay, Jared Goff, and we got Mike McCarthy making that coaching debut with a star on his hat looking fired up. Arthur, you, you know what side of the fence I'm on here, bro. So I need you to bring me bring me a,
2: a nice, real take on this matchup. Come on, man. You know I'm on that side of the fence with you, man. When you look at Dak Prescott, he wants to get paid, not franchise tag paid. He's seeing Deshaun Watson. He's seeing Patrick Mahomes, and he's saying to himself, oh, I'm going to show you again. You thought the 4900 I threw for last year was a fluke? Oh no! I got you again this year. And when you look at the addition of C.D. Lamb, man, it, it's like the rich getting richer here, man. Mm-hmm. When you talk about all the weapons the Cowboys have on offense, the the, the addition on defense of Everson Griffin, Randy uh, Ra- Randy Gregory coming back. Oh my goodness! Everson you those Griffin. those two guys up. Absolutely, you pairing them up with the Demarcus Lawrence who's already out there. Man, that team is stacked. I mean, we're talking about from a talent standpoint, their their roster is one of the best in the league, top to bottom. So for me, man, I just think that they're going to be too much for the Rams. The Rams are going to try to find a new identity. Obviously, no Ty Gurley. I still have my questions about golf. I don't think that he is a $100 million quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback, but not in that vein. So for me, man, I got the Cowboys getting it done on the road, man. I think they'll get it done twenty to fourteen. It's it's gonna be a really good game because obviously the Rams on defense with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, but I just don't think that they're going to have enough to keep up with the Cowboys.
3: Who, by the way, Jalen Ramsey got paid today. Paid. (laughs) My (laughs) gosh, man. I don't know. These deals just seem like they're inflating more and more every
2: single year. Listen, just when you thought Tredavious White was going to be the highest paid corner, and he was doing his, you know, parade pomp and circumstance then it's like oh no you broke look at jay like this is crazy (laughs) and then guess what marlon humphrey's gonna come up next and he's about to
3: reset the market (laughs) so man it's getting insane but yeah i'm of course i'm rolling with the dallas cowboys but uh not to shock you or anything, Arthur, but but uh, Aaron Aaron Donald, man, I am I am gonna say that is an intriguing part of this matchup because you know that Travis Frederick retired for the Dallas Cowboys. Correct. They're gonna mm-hmm. have Joe Looney at center, who by the way was solid when he filled in for Frederick a couple of games last season and the in the season prior to that. But I'm wondering right now if you're Joe Barry, that DC for the LA Rams. You're going to want to line up Aaron Donald over Joe Looney. And how about Connor Williams, who's at left guard, who struggled at times because he was overpowered by stronger nose tackles and defensive tackles. So if Aaron Donald, we know the dude can game wreck. We know he can interrupt rushing attacks. We know he can interrupt the quarterback from getting comfortable in the pocket. So this is really where it comes down to, can the Cowboys' interior, especially Connor Williams and Joe Looney, can they hold up well enough against Aaron Donald to give Dak Prescott those clean pockets? Now, of course, it does help that Dak is mobile. He can make throws outside of the pocket But nonetheless, I do worry about Aaron Donald really being a big-time factor in this game. But all in all, I'm going to give it to the Dallas Cowboys. I know they have Jalen Ramsey, but man, when you got Cooper, Gallup, and then you're going to throw out CeeDee Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott still in the backfield, Tony Pollard, I think this is going to be, in a sense, an offensive game. I have this one going 31-27 in favor of the Dallas Cowboys. So you're believing in McVay and his magic,
2: I see. Okay, I like yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what?
3: You know what, I actually really believe I'm buying into the hype of Cam Akers, that rookie running back out of Florida State. I've been hearing awesome
2: things about him as well. For me, I just don't know if he's going to be able to have the Todd Gurley-level impact that Jared Goff and Sean McVay need for that offense to work. That offense has so much success because of what Gurley was able to do on the ground It opened up the play action. It opened up them being able to take shots because you had to pack the box to deal with Gurley. I just don't know if Akers is going to have that type of impact so early in the season.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And he's definitely going to have to come out and prove himself, man, because he has huge shoes to fill. Todd Gurley is something special. But I will say, keep an eye on Van Jefferson, that rookie wide receiver for L.A. too. He's Mm -hmm. been turning heads absolutely man absolutely now on to one of your teams Arthur I know you've got this one circled oh the yeah. Steelers and the Giants man and you know what I've given a lot of love to them Steelers a lot of people think oh the Ravens are gonna run away with that AFC North not so fast Big Ben's healthy and he's mm-hmm. back on that field he's hungry that D, Talk in, about that it. D in Pittsburgh is looking mighty good And so I like this Steelers team a lot. And I'm in fact gonna go ahead and tell you because I know you're gonna you're gonna have an exciting, (laughs) exciting rant about them Steelers. So I'll go ahead and get my piece out of the way. I think they're gonna go in to MetLife and they're gonna get a dominant victory over Daniel Jones and the Giants 31-17. Defense is stout. Big Ben returning to form, connecting with Juju and Deontay Johnson, who's another receiver that does not get enough love. And how about James Conner coming through in a big way? I think this Steelers team is legit. They're going to show that week one.
2: Man, I agree 100%. This Steelers team is chomping at the bit. They felt like they had a, a, a elite-level team last year, and then when Ben went down, they had to play quarterback carousel with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. But that defense is still intact. That defense is ready to go. I think the you going back to Vince Williams instead of uh, re-signing Mark Barron, Vince brings a whole new set of problems for offenses in terms of how he blitzes from the interior linebacker spot. And we know he excels in the run game in terms of his run support. I definitely think Minka Fitzpatrick having a, a, a full year under his belt into this defense He's only going to get better. And then obviously, you know, where T.J. White is, and they just took care of the big man, Cam Hayward, with a nice extension mm-hmm. for him. But when you're talking about the offense, man, Big Ben, that's, that's the talk of the talent and everything, all the reports that we've seen of him in training camp and the footage that we've seen, he looks good. He looks ready to go. I'm believing that Chase Claypool is going to be the guy yeah. that, that presents the most issues because of how big and fast he is. Ben hasn't had a big, fast receiver like that since Martavis. So when you think about that, man, Ben is going to be excited about that. And I just think the Giants, their secondary struggled mightily against the pass last year. I just don't think they gotta, they're got they going to have enough weapons to even hang with them. And then offensively, Daniel Jones, I'm a believer. Right. And I definitely think he's going to be a really good quarterback, but he just doesn't have enough weapons right now. Uh, with Evan Ingram, I'm still waiting on him to finally put together a string of games where he shows he's as good as advertised. We know what Saquon Barkley is, but I think Devin Bush is going to present some nice challenges for Saquon as well. So for me, man, I got the Steelers getting it done on the road versus the first year head coach in Joe Judge. That's right. And they're getting, a, they're getting a win, man. It's, not, it's going to be convincing too. I got it 27 to 10.
3: Yeah, man. I'm really looking forward to it. And then of course, Pittsburgh has plenty of depth at running back Benny Snell right there. They got Jalen Samuels and then McFarlane, the rookie running back. So They're very loaded and stacked on that offense and defense. And I look for Joe Hayden and then Steven Nelson to put them locks up on those Mm -hmm. Giants wide receivers. So I'm looking forward to seeing Pittsburgh and Big Ben return to the gridiron. Now we're going to close out our week one slate. This is the second Monday night football game. Titans at Broncos. Now, of course, devastating news with Von Miller, another player, man, that suffered an injury, man. That's just horrible news. I was gutted last night when i heard of the news about von miller uh so certainly sending my prayers his way during this time but this is another good one man when i look at this matchup arthur honestly titans and broncos i think smash mouth football these two guys have pretty stout offensive defensive lines and i think this is where it's going to be and of course you got to think about king henry as well so uh who are you going to take to win this one
2: Man, I'm agreeing with you. It's going to be one of those old-school, take the gloves off, we're punching each other in the mouth until somebody gets knocked out. That's this type of game, man. You know what the Titans want to do with Henry, obviously, super smash mouth. Also, for me, though, man, when I look at the addition of Jadavia and Clowney, I think, man, his versatility is definitely going to present some challenges for the Broncos' offensive line. I know Mike Munchak, the offensive line coach in Denver, is going to have those guys prepared, but Clowney is just one of those guys when he's motivated, when he's focused, he can be a very, very problematic person to, to stop. Now, when you think about the Broncos Zuz and Von Miller, it's going to be the, the exact same situation that Von had last year. That's what Bradley Chubb is going to have to have this year where he's the only guy out there and he's going to receive all the attention on that D-line. So for me, I'm still concerned with that because Bradley Chubb coming off of the ACL surgery, mm-hmm. you just you just never know how those guys respond early on in the season. So that's why for me, I got the Titans getting it done in an in a old-school slugfest, 17-13. to 13, But the Titans get it done on
3: the road. Speaking on Bradley Chubb, they still don't know how much he's going to be able to play in week one, week two, because he's still working his way back into playing shape. So that's going to be another factor, especially without Von Miller there. But yeah, I agree agree with you Tennessee I think they're gonna take this one and I'm excited though because Denver they're gonna have Jerry Judy that rookie wide receiver mm-hmm. out there they're gonna have Hamler out there another rookie wide out Drew Locke no offense so this Denver team man they, uh, are
2: you a believer in Drew Locke that's the question
3: that, that is, I, I'm, I'm that, still not
2: there yet yeah I'm the same way <laughs> that's what I was about to say
3: is it's a huge year for Drew Locke because they got him the weapons Cortland Sutton out there now can he deliver and can he deliver consistently which is what I want to see if he can do he's gonna have a, a tough challenge against Tennessee, though. You know, Mike Vrabel, him and his defensive philosophy, of course, Davion Clowney. And I'm just going to tell you this, Arthur. Right now, don't forget that their high-priced right tackle, Jawan James, was one of those opt-outs. Mm-hmm. So they're going to roll out Elijah Wilkinson out at right tackle. So let me tell you what. If Tennessee can pin their ears back, they got Harold Landry, they got Clowney, they got Vic Beasley, who's another Free agent signing you can come off the edge. If they are making life difficult on Drew Locke all night, it will not bode well for Denver. So I have Tennessee winning this one off a heavy workload of Derrick Henry. Give me the Titans to win a smash mouth game 21-13 to 13 over Denver.
2: I like it. I like it a lot, man. And like you said, Derrick Henry got paid this all season. He is full steam ahead. He has no other concerns. So, yeah. Look for them to give him a heavy, heavy dosage. All right. Now, before
3: we close out this uh, podcast, you can't get rid of us so soon. Right, Arthur? We're gonna Not give... at all, man. Come on now. You know
2: we got to give him more. Bonus <laughs> content, got, baby. We
3: got to <laughs> give them the content, bro. You know what I mean? So we're going to go ahead and give Arthur and I, we have an MVP pick, Offensive Player of the Year pick, defensive player, as well as the rookie offense and defensive player, and then the coach of the year picks. We're going to go and roll through them, and, and we just want to give it out there because if we are right, we can roll back to this podcast Boom. and we can brag about it. And if we're wrong, we can just forget about it. So <laughs> so,
2: so MVP pick, Arthur, who are you going to roll with? Come on, man. It's Pat Mahomes. He got paid when he got paid for a reason. We have never seen a quarterback come in his first two years as a starter be regular season MVP set the record and then turn around and get super Bo- win a super bowl championship and be super bowl MVP in his second year. He is that good. And they did a phenomenal job of retaining the weapons that they already had, but then also going out there and getting Clyde's, Clyde, Clyde Edwards. When I look at that offense Man, they are complete. They didn't lose anybody. They got better, as crazy as that sounds. And for me, Mahomes, we know he has the fanfare already. So in a season like this, even if his numbers aren't as gaudy as last year because of who he is and because of the, the legacy that he's presented now, he is going to get the benefit of the doubt, and I
3: think he's going to get that MVP again this year. He is uh, the strong favorite to go, but I'm actually going to go to another quarterback who is one of the best in the league. How about Russell Wilson of oh. the Seattle Seahawks? I think he comes so up. So he's getting a vote this year? Yeah. He's getting a vote? Yeah. He's, he's going to get that MVP pick. He's going to oh, win man. it. I just feel like Seattle, and I know Russell Wilson, he's a real cool guy, but you don't think he's been taking this personally with the whole rise of Mahomes and Jackson he wants some of his too I think he's gonna get that MVP pick now he's got DK Metcalf on the outside who continues to grow Tyler Lockett and then Josh Gordon there at the other end of the field so I think Russell Wilson will walk away with this MVP in 2020 now offensive player of the
2: year pick Arthur who are you gonna take see let's be real man we know Russ is not getting the MVP he doesn't even get votes for MVP but this is an award he can win right here Offensive player of the year. I'm going Russell Wilson. We've talked about how dominant he's been, how Houdini-like he's been, how he's always found ways to be successful. We talked about the weapons that he has this year. I anticipate him having another amazing season and finally getting that respect that he deserves. I just personally don't see him beating out Mahomes for MVP because Mahomes is special. But you know how the voting goes. You can win MVP and lose offensive player of the year. I still haven't figured out how that works, but... (laughs) Because it works like that, that's what I'm going, Russell Wilson. All right, I see you, man.
3: I see for Offensive Player of the Year, I'm going to the well. You know Mike Thomas got it last year. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm picking – this is a really surprise pick – I'm going wide receiver position again, and I'm going to a man who's about to get paid. How about Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay? Who he has been if you look at his numbers, bro, 2018. Boy, you going 70 receptions, 1,063 yards, five touchdowns in 2019 with a banged up Matthew Stafford, and he had some poor quarterback play. I'm talking David Blau. Who is that? He stepped in <laughs> and Kenny Galladay stepped. Still produce 65 receptions, 1,190 yards receiving, and 11 touchdowns. This man is a beast. Stafford can sling it when he's on fire. Ah, He's a sneaky pick. He's not a popular pick, but I'm rolling with Kenny Galladay.
2: I like that pick, man. It's definitely a sneaky. You know what I would have liked a lot more? If you would have just said Christian McCaffrey. (laughs) That, to me, is a a, a better (laughs) sneaky pick than, than Galladay. But you know what? To each his own, baby, hey. We all can't be right. That's what makes it beautiful when when I am right. That's
3: exactly (laughs) what I'm talking about. See, that's the angle I'm going for, Arthur, because if somehow Galladay wins, man, you know I'm about to brag about
2: it. Oh, no question, man.
3: All right, so Defensive Player of the Year, man, before you give yours, I'm going to give it to one of your boys, man. How about TJ Watt? I think he's going to come through in a big way. Give me those double-digit sacks for Pittsburgh. Teams have to worry about Bud Dupree on the other end. But T.J. Watt, man, it doesn't matter how much attention they give the man. He still is in the backfield on almost every single play. T.J. Watt, Defensive Player of the Year 2020.
2: Man, that is music to my ears. You know, man, T.J. came in. My last year in Pittsburgh was his rookie year, man. Great guy, hard worker, has gotten everything that he deserved through hard work. And to think about him building this name in the shadow of a J.J. White, who we know is a megastar. But for me, man, TJ is definitely the guy that I think could get defense player of the year. He was in the conversation for it last year with the type of seeds that he had. And I anticipate him being better this year because of the, pieces of, of the pieces around him. Man, when you have a guy like Bud Dupree on the opposite side, when you have a guy like Cam Hayward on the inside, you got a healthy Stephon to it. Man, they're not going to be able to put all that attention on TJ like he's seen in the past. So for me, I think, man, he continues to have those double-digit sacks. But the thing that changes, the, the reason why I have him winning it over a guy like Chandler Jones, who we know is going to put up Gotti sack numbers, is because TJ is going to have all the other splash plays, the interceptions, mm-hmm. the fumble recoveries, the forced fumbles. He's going to give you all of those other things, and that's why I have him getting the the, the nod for defense player of the year.
3: Yeah, man, I like it. He's a disruptive player. He's going to generate turnovers, so I certainly believe that TJ Watt is due for that award now. Real quickly, we got a O'Roy roy and D-Roy offensive rookie and defensive rookie of the year. I have, you know, this one's an obvious one. I got to give it to Clyde Edwards-Alaire from the Chiefs, man. This guy just has so much upside. And then you put him in that offense with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, dude, how can you not expect this guy to overexceed in year one?
2: Man, that that guy right there, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Him, And C.D. Lamb, I was going back and forth on because I feel like Clyde has a great situation in that Chiefs offense, understanding that he's going to be featured. He's going to be getting a lot of touches. But when I think of C.D. Lamb, I just know that Dak is motivated. Dak wants to do something special. Mm -hmm. And when you think about the weapons that are there in Dallas from a receiving standpoint, C.D. is going to be the second or third option, whereas Clyde is going to be one of the main guys getting the rock early on with the Chiefs. So he's not going to be able to have those favorable matchups like C.D. Lamb will be able to have because obviously Corey Cooper is going to be joining your number one corner. So for me, I think C.D. Lamb is going to be the guy to get offense rookie of the year. I just think, man, with him being in that offense and all those weapons around him and him kind of being, like I said, the accessory, the extra piece at wide receiver – it just sets up perfectly for him to be successful and get that uh, office rookie of the year. Well, you know, I approve of that, man. I, I do definitely <laughs> I do definitely
3: agree 110% with uh, C.D. Lamb. I would love to, to have him win that accolade. But, yeah, man, that's another strong candidate. I think he's going to come in. Dak's going to be airing it out. Now with Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore was retained as the OC. So, yeah, there's plenty of potential for that to happen. Now, defensive rookie of the year, Arthur, who are you going to give it to?
2: Come on, man. This is simple. The Washington football team drafted him at number two for a reason, Chase Young. Man, he's been dominant all training camp. We've seen everybody showing the reports, the different videos. He is a man amongst boys out there on the edge, and I fully anticipate him to be the shining star on that Washington defense, and he's going to just put up those gaudy numbers. We know this. He can get a, he's going to get a sack every game easily just because of how gifted he is. But when people start to see his impact in the running game, when people start to see his impact – just across the board, how it makes other guys around him better, that's going to get him the notoriety. That's going to ultimately lead to him getting that Defensive Rookie of the Year award.
3: He is going to be a beast. And I know he's going to just obviously have all offensive coordinators up at night trying to figure out ways to scheme their offense opposite side, but man, that, that is a front that is just daunting there in Washington, but I'm going to go with another top pick on the defensive side, who I think, for, for these reasons, kind of you were talking about T.J. Watt making those splash plays, interceptions, forced fumbles, and really just showing his full-on dominance. How about Isaiah Simmons in mm-hmm. the Arizona Cardinals? I think the dude is going to be a stud in that defense for Arizona. He's got plenty of playmakers around him. Chandler Jones, Pat Pe- We already talked about what that Arizona defense has, but I really like the dude. I think he's going to come out, and he's going to be an impact playmaker from the jump for the Cardinals.
2: No, man, I agree, man. With Isaiah Simmons, that was the guy that I was debating against Chase Young because I feel like he has one of those positions where he can make those splash plays. People love splash plays, man, when it comes to the voting. They want to see the interceptions. They want to see the forced fumbles, the fumble recoveries, the big hits. Isaiah plays in the perfect position for that. And I definitely think that he's going to thrive this year. My biggest concern is just in an offseason like this year, it's going to take him a couple of games to get up to speed. Whereas with Chase Young, it's a lot easier to just put your hand in the ground and rush the edge, rush the passer. I just think it's not going to take as much for Chase Young to win it. If Chase goes out there and has 12 sacks, he's going to get the award. Whereas Isaiah is going to have to – be a 100-plus tackle guy. He's going to have to have some interceptions. He's going to have to have some forced fumbles, maybe even score a touchdown. There's just a lot more variables that he's going to have to account for, whereas Chase he's got to get the double digit number he he, anything over 10 is going to get a new award
3: yeah yeah no that's that's a really good point I think that is a accurate point and I do agree with that I think Isaiah Simmons is going to have his work cut out for him just because of the position he's going to have to learn more of the defense and he's going to have to put himself in position to get those turnovers so that totally does uh, make sense here now for the last thing before we close up the show coach of the year who is your pick
2: man we going back to buffalo baby sean mcdermott has done a great job these past three years of making the bills a perennial playoff team they've been in there what two of the past three seasons coming off of a 10 win season i mean let's be real the people in buffalo are ready to build a statue for this guy because how productive (laughs) he's been and how he's formulated he's created an awesome roster with plenty of talent young stars in this league and they can legit be an 11-12 win team in the AFC East that is kind of down right now. If they can get hot and start out like how they need to start and Josh Allen continues on his trajectory, man, McDermott is going to get the praise that he deserves. And we all know this too. When it comes to Buffalo, when it comes to McDermott, typically you don't get the accolades of the notoriety the year that you probably should have got him. His job last year what he did getting them to a 10-win team in a playoff game was amazing. But it still was overlooked. It wasn't. It wasn't looked at the same. Whereas now this year, if he does that again, double digit wins, man, people are gonna be talking about him and raving about the job that he's done in Buffalo. So that's why I have to get him getting Coach of the Year.
3: Man, I'm absolutely shocked, Arthur, that you didn't pick Adam Gase. <laughs> <laughs> that's your boy, man. Stop it. I'm stunned, man no
2: listen all all adam gates need is that same pencil that that your boy patricia has and he'll be perfect
3: all right (laughs) hey yes sir you know man hey i I gotta reach out to adam right now man gotta get get that pencil get that laminated (sighs) sheet so he can look good, but uh, for for me, man, I'm going to give it to Mike Vrabel, the Tennessee Titans. I think this is the year that they leapfrog the Houston Texans and win that AFC South. I think this is a Tennessee squad that can reach that 12 win range or so. I think they got enough talent on defense, of course, now with the addition of Jadavion Clowney, and I know Ryan Tannehill, bro, I don't know if he's all that great. I think he's good. Obviously he proved that he can make that shift sail pretty smoothly in that offense with Arthur Smith but Derrick Henry he's still there they got A.J. Brown they got Corey Davis who needs to stay healthy Jonu Smith but man really it's that O line that Tennessee has I mean Lewin, Nate Davis those guys are nasty on that offensive line and I like Tennessee to have immense success yet again so give me Mike Rabel for coach of the year.
2: No man, I could definitely see that happening. And when you're talking about them leapfrogging the Texans, let's be real. Bill O'Brien has been point shaving. All right, Bill <laughs> yeah. O'Brien has been over here trying to get rid of assets. You, you let me know where it makes sense to trade DeAndre Hopkins for, uh, for, for, um, what's the running back now? I'm drawing a blank on him right now. Oh my goodness, for David Johnson. Yeah, it just it, 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 that's not. It doesn't make sense. If this was Madden, they would have rejected the trade. Let's be real about it, okay? <laughs> so for me, that's my only thing with that, but. Yeah, with Vrabel, man, he's done a phenomenal job since he's been in Tennessee. He finally has a quarterback in Tannehill who they took care of from a pay standpoint, compensated him very, very nicely, might I add. So, yeah, I could definitely see a scenario where he does get that award because the Titans and the Bills are very similar in terms of how they play the game and their notoriety right now. I mean the Titans to the AFC Championship game and nobody talks about them. Exactly. Think about that. Exactly. The AFC championship game and no one talks about them. So for me, man, they, they have a very, very complete team. And yeah, Rables, like I said, he whenever he gets that notoriety, it's going to come in a big way.
3: Yes, sir. I, absolutely. They're a team that does not get the love by the media. So, of course, and that's also because a lot of the media has been shredding Bill O'Brien in the AFC South. But uh, but you know what I mean? You mentioned it, but, bro, there it is. There is the week one preview. I cannot wait, man. Thursday night cannot come soon enough. I'm going to have to pull an all-nighter or something just because I'm so excited to watch some <laughs> NFL football. You know me, Arthur. You know the drill, bro. But, again, I really do appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy man out there with your family the podcast today was awesome enjoyed it and look forward to watching some good football
2: no absolutely man you know i appreciate you always a blast getting to talk with you man all right brother will you take
3: care stay safe and we'll definitely be in contact
2: likewise
0: without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you